0: Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. Let us find you and your mercy, your grace. Let us find the counselor who can help us, can uh, help us to work through difficulties and problems and issues, Lord. We find all of that in your throne room. So we are so thankful that we have access here. And we thank you, Lord, that we get answers here. We thank you, Lord, that we are much better. From having visited you than we were before we came in. And we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. And praise God. But so we're going to talk about how the blood secures the promises of God for us. And and this is why we don't waver in our faith. This is why once you believe something, it sticks uh, because of the oath of God that backs up those words. And and so it's 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 possible to have faith that does not waver because of what he did, not because of what we do, and so uh and it makes it so much easier it takes the pressure off of us, you know because when you when you believe in God for something and it doesn't come yet you know we always think what's wrong, you know what did I do wrong, what didn't I do right, what i didn't I do enough of, and uh it's good to always want to to Put God first and put the word first and speak the word and, and meditate on the word and, and all of the things that we do. But we have a, a, a life, you know, that's outside of the throne room, too, you know, where you've got to have your mind on other things. you got to pay bills. you got to uh, look out for the family. You've got a job many people have. And so it is not that you can't have God on the job with you but you know it's a little hard to keep confessing the word for things that you're believing him for when you got to talk to your boss you got to talk. so God understands all that okay and he uh, has made a way for us to still remain in faith even though it may take some time for these things and and i think one of the things and this is nothing uh, to to disparage anybody or indict anybody but sometimes we're just peaceful waiting You ever think about that? You just have found yourself a nice little cubbyhole to lodge in, uh, and you're not bothered by time. That's the best part about that. It, it doesn't uh, bother you, but you know that God is bringing it to pass. You know that he's working on it. And so I think daily contact with God, you know, through worship, through praise, uh, through the word and ministering the word and, and then thanking him for the things that you're still uh, trusting him for and, and still expecting, uh, that's a good road to be on. You know, it's just a good basic, there's good Pavement on that road, you know it'll sustain you, it'll hold you up, and so the road of of worship, praise, and lifting him up, uh reminding him how much you love him, thanking him for all the things he's done uh that's a good road because because there's so many people who can can get so focused on what they don't have they forget what they do, you know, and so what you do have becomes a foundation for the rest of your expectation. So it doesn't look like it's such a long stretch to get to where you need to get for the next thing that you're expecting him for. And there's always a next thing, amen? Even if it's just daily bread, you know? I mean, you're expecting him to provide for you your daily bread uh, for today, amen? Not everybody is a hoarder like I am, you know? <laughs> Daily bread, we got it. You know what I'm saying? Give me something else. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, you know, I mean, some people are more, more prone to, to believe, use their faith for certain things than other people are. So it just, it depends, you know? Some people have three closets full of clothes you know i'm just holding on this till i can bless somebody with it yeah sure <laughs> right so so you know and, and sometimes you have good faith for that stuff it just keeps rolling in with very little effort on your part you know uh it's a grace that god builds in us you know you you go to a certain uh uh place door you open a certain door often enough you can find your way there blindfolded amen and so there are many things that that god will place in our lives where it's like a no sweat thing you know it's like and he takes the burden off of us so wonderfully you know uh it's like you know he'll look sometimes down at me and he say yeah she used to sweat that stuff and i think about it sometimes too i say, god you really have brought me a long way where i can just walk in confidence that you've got it taken care of that's such a wonderful thing not not i don't i don't have it perfected with everything but we're working on it. Amen. We always working on it. So so it's a good thing to look back and see how far you've come, look back and see what God's done for you and just thank Him for it. And I think when you live like that, how long you're waiting for the biggie, whatever it is that you know you think you're gonna uh just I'm just going to go nuts if I don't get this soon, you know that thing, whatever that is yeah it that won't be such a burden to you it won't be you won't be sweating it so much, amen, so these things will 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 be so much easier uh once you really understand the foundation that God's put under you, it's a basic connection with him every day. You know, sometimes it can just be under your breath and your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, Oh, Lord, I'm so thankful. I just can't thank you enough and, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, I know sometimes people, and it depends on what your habit is. You know, some people will will take time and, and get their Bible out and sit before the Lord. And, and that's good, too, and I do that. But there are so many times where I have opportunities to just thank God, you know, just inside and just talk to him and let him cleanse your thoughts and, and let him have your thoughts you know uh, it's fellowship it is constant fellowship with god and and letting him know you're right there you know if you want to tell me something i'm here and and i'm going to pray in the spirit for a little bit and see if what's out there for me and you know all that kind of stuff it's just a, it's a good thing and it keeps you out of unbelief and doubt and fear and it keeps all that stuff Far, far away from you, so your faith becomes a shield. You know that you put up a defense against the world and the onslaught of the world, where we try to discourage you and, and make you think God's not for you. And so He's always for us, and, and He just wants us to know that. So we're going to talk about the blood and, and uh, what it means to have a covenant of blood with God, uh, what the blood adds to the promise of God. Amen. Um, uh there's a place where uh the blood of jesus begins to speak to us and it begins to it's that reassuring definitive uh no doubt about it that it adds to that voice that it adds to uh the promises of god it's like sometimes when you read something in god's word and you look at your situation it seems so out of reach for you. You, you know what I'm saying? said, Did he really mean that? Just like it's written there? It's a, you know? It's, it's a, um, and it seems far away. But the Bible says that we are brought nigh by the blood. See, you who were afar off. So sometimes when you, even when you read the word as a Christian, if it's something that would stretch your believing, you seem afar off from that. But the Bible says you're brought nigh by the blood. Amen. You are brought near, uh, to God by the blood. And, and, and so this is, this is why throughout the, the ages of the church, we've had different things where, where people would get revelations and they release these revelations. And the one about pleading the blood, we kind of know where it came from, came from, uh, just as I am, without one plea, but that the blood was shed for me—that's that's a part of that revelation. But you know, it's it's really hard to nail it down because you don't see that just like that in the Bible. But there is a a revelation behind it that that we need to grab onto, and it's um uh um. Whenever something like shakes you and, and separates you from that closeness with God, it's pleading the blood that gets you back. You're brought nigh. Uh huh. I was, I, and I observed this in in different things, but just in, in in observed it in operation in different people and them understanding them getting a, a give understanding. I watched a. I know everybody's probably seen it if you haven't. It was on Facebook some years ago. Uh there was a an accident. Um, a car accident. And they were trying to get the people out. There was some there was no EMTs or anybody there yet. And so these were just ordinary people who saw this accident and the door was jammed and you could see the the gas tank was broken, and you could see gas coming out the bottom and there was there was a woman this was like kind of down an embankment, and there was a woman standing up here on the embankment, and somebody was was videoing it who was standing behind her, and you kept hearing her say the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, and she, you could see her get a little weak for a minute and she would keep she make herself say it again it kept kept pleading the blood and 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 um and then they started to make some headway and she got excited she's the blood of jesus the blood of jesus it works every time and she was just you know and you could see her prevailing because of her confidence in the blood See, she had nothing of no other weapon except the blood of jesus to bring those people out and like this is something that that they were far away, and the more she pled the blood, the closer they got to get those people out, and they were finally able to get all those people out of there and rescue those people out of that car. And it was it was smoking, and it was hot, and there was gasoline all around, but they were able to force that door open and, and get those people out of there. And so it just was a testament to me at the power of the blood, however you can get the blood involved in it, in, in remembrance of the blood. See, when we have communion, we have remembrance of what the blood did amen so that we can go to god in our weakness and exchange our weakness for his strength at the communion table and see there's it's it's so pitiful that so many in the church don't even it's just a ritual first sunday of every month just go through the the paces and you got weak christians and 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 and, uh, uh people who are not getting healed in those atmospheres why? Because Paul said you take it unworthily. See what I'm saying? They don't repent. They don't cleanse themselves because it's never mentioned in a lot of the communion services. They just don't take the time to explain to people what they're doing. Amen? And Paul said for that reason many of you are weak and sickly and many people sleep. Because of that unworthy, you know, you're, you're on top of your sin, now you're gonna take in the Holy Blood and Body of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not right. Amen? It's not right. So, you'd rather just don't take it. You know, if that's gonna be the, the way that it's approached. And so, uh, it's just good to, to partake of communion when God says, You know, you can take it yourself at home. If there are times where you need to get an answer from God or just whatever you and God decide is the table. What's this table for in my life? This table is for me to remember that he exchanged my weakness for his strength. He exchanged my sin for his righteousness. And when I take in the the Body and the blood, I'm receiving the strength of God. I'm receiving healing because his body was broken so that mine could be whole. Amen. And the blood gave new life. It sucked up the old life and put new life in there. Amen. And so, and this is what we need to really understand about these things. It's not hard to understand. It just takes a desire to to learn and desire to know these things rather than coming to church just to be entertained and to play, you know? Um you could do one or the other, but I would rather spend my time understanding God, you know. I mean, we do the best we can, I don't know everything, and I don't ever purport to. But I do take it seriously what God has, has given to me, you know. It's like Paul said, the Lord delivered this to me. Whatever he delivers to me, then I, I can share that with you, so amen so in in a, a a man's covenant there was a the part i want to talk about is the blood now they, we know that a covenant was a promise made between two families two people it was if it was a blood covenant it was between bloodlines so everybody in your bloodline was included in this covenant and in this promise and they had to uphold their end amen or the avenger of blood was sent after you you understand what i'm saying to avenge you because you swore your life on this that you would keep your word to to people amen and there's nothing worse than you holding up your end of the covenant and then the portion you're in covenant with reneg on theirs when you need them they're no way around amen and i know that that in, now this is not new testament this is a man's covenant. We're not talking about the covenant with God and man. But that, the man's covenant is a shadow of what we have with God. Amen? Because people cannot keep their word to one another. That's the one thing we learn about, about God and His promises. His are higher because He, He has already given His life. In forfeiture for, for everything. So everything we get in him is a sure thing. You know, it's, it's not iffy at all. But it, what it has done though, it has made a man's covenant of none effect. So if a human being promises you something, you can't hold them to it. You know. Now you have certain contracts with people, but I'm just talking about people in general. People that we, we love and we have contact with and we're friends with and all that, don't hold people to their word. Where you gonna get mad at them, fall out with them and all that because they have no power to keep it. Amen? Especially if they want to swear by something. I I promise you, I'm going to nope, no thank you. Don't worry about that. If I do something for you, it's a gift. You understand what I'm saying? You know, and don't, don't worry about paying me back. You understand (laughs) what I'm saying? Now, if it's something that's substantial, you have to have some kind of written contract. You understand what I'm saying? And then you go to Caesar with that. But as far as you going up to them and saying, will you promise to give me so and so? People cannot keep their word and And the devil will see to it that you fall out with somebody if you try to be their personal banker or you try to help them or something like that, you know, and I discourage people from doing it, you know in general and Now there are some people I know who are in financial uh uh, uh stability, and they can make a little friendly loan. You know, to somebody to help a saint out in need. You, you understand what I'm saying? But they have to be stable themselves. You can't just be going and, and, uh, you know, robbing Peter pay Paul and, and then you put yourself in and straits and stress and all that to help somebody. No, you go to God first. Amen. And it's good to, if somebody asks you for a loan, you said, well, did you pray about this? Did you ask God if I'm supposed to be, well, you better give me a chance to pray about it too. You understand what I'm saying? And that's fine. That's fine to do because people have to be comfortable about these things. But we get into trouble when we start to expect what From man, what only God can give us. Amen. And only God can give us that full assurance. He's the only one who can keep his word in spite of. He's the only one with unlimited resources to be able to help us. Now, if he helps you through another human, that's kind of normal for God. The Bible says he will cause men to heap into your bosom. And so he uses us to bless one another. But we are not one another's source. So just because somebody blessed you one time, you can't keep going to them, looking to them. Amen. You always look to God and let God decide. You know, sometimes we need to give people a break. We need to give each other a break sometimes. You know what I'm saying? And, and so going to God is, is a sure way to get your needs met. And yes, he does need, use people. Amen. From time to time for these things. But he doesn't want us to get people in the way and start relying on one another and take God's place. So really the purpose for the blood was to add, uh, 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 uh stability to the promise. And see, we can promise each other things all day long, but we haven't given our lives in exchange for anything we promised anybody. Amen. And so your promise is weak from Jump Street, Amen. Many times we make emotional promises to one another, and and you you feel good about somebody today, and then they go do something you don't like, and then you say, "I ain't gonna give him nothing." I said, throwing my buddy away. You understand? See, God's not like that because his blood speaks better his blood is sure like he's determined to do what he says he's going to do period no matter how much we act up amen he is determined to do it so so our misbehavior doesn't stop it us falling out with him because it's taken too long that doesn't stop it nothing stops him from keeping his word to us because of the blood amen and so in hebrews chapter 6 Verse 13, it starts out, for when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. So he went to the highest place he could go, and that was him. And he said, surely blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply you. That word surely speaks of blood, verily speaks of blood. That's why the Pharisees hated Jesus because the Pharisees were forbidden to use that kind of language. Remember? Jesus said, let your nay be nay and your yea be yea. Don't add a verily, verily or a surely, surely to it because that was an oath. He said, don't, you can't swear by anything because you don't have the power to back it up. So don't you swear anymore, you know, by anything. He didn't mean cuss and swear. He meant, you know, cross my heart and hope to die. Remember that stuff? And I swear, I swear for God. Don't do that. Amen. Because we don't have that power. Amen. He says, so let your yes be yes and your no be no. Why is that? Because God will back you up, whatever you say. See, whatever you tell somebody you're going to do, God has to back you up and empower you to do it. That's why it's always good to pray about something before you get involved in it and make sure you get peace with God that he's going to help you keep your word. Amen? And so this this is why the same thing with a marriage vow. You can't be that good to somebody all the time. No way you stand up there and say that. Oh, yeah, I forgot. God's going to help me. That's what every married couple needs to remember before they swear to each other anything. God's the one who's going to help you do all of this. Amen? Uh, till death do you part, you got to walk this walk with them. Come on now. Now, most people in the back of their minds, they're watching for them to do something to give them excuse to run out the door. <laughs> it is true all the married people be honest say amen amen and so you know when we have to to remind ourselves that we made a vow remind ourselves that god is helping us to keep remind ourselves that there's always another prayer to pray and in in don't when when the the minister says this should not be entered into lightly they really are reflecting that you should have prayed before this before you came up to the altar. And if you did pray and God said do it, then you're stuck with trusting God to help you every day. Amen. Sometimes it's just believing God the miracle. Sometimes is that you're able to keep your mouth shut. And quit popping off as somebody. Might take you 10 years to master that. Oh, well. All this instant perfection—I don't know. Oh my! <laughs> you know we're talking dynamic situations between two different people, raised different, think different. Everything's different about you. You got your flesh involved that wants to. Your flesh always thinks you're running out of time for everything. It wants everything in a hurry. Amen. And 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 then you got the devil picking at you. So it might take you a while to master keeping your lips shut. So keep working on it. Put it before the Lord and let God, you know, because you can't keep making them want to change. Now, they're not going to change to please you. That's not a Bible promise. God has not promised you anybody is going to uh make your life wonderful. God makes your life wonderful. And he expects you to forgive and love people. It's called marriage. that's what marriage really is. Nobody sticks around it long enough to find out what God can do, mostly you know always ready to kick somebody to the curb. <laughs> you know if, if you you're, you threaten your husband, you go leave, and you you turn around one time and catch him dancing in the middle of the floor you you're in trouble. <laughs> you just step way over the line. <laughs> you see him redecorating stuff and moving your stuff in another closet. You better keep your mouth shut. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So you know, these are dynamic situations. They happen in the moment. One says one thing. One that's that's dynamic. One says one thing. One says the other thing. If one of them could shut up, you might get somewhere. Just leave that person talking in the middle of the floor. Amen. I might get somewhere. Amen. Try something different sometime. Just saying. Amen. Just saying. So anyway, so God says he made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater. He swore by himself. So really the promise God made is to himself. Abraham then becomes a beneficiary. Of what God promised himself. It's very important to understand the order of that. Because when we look at promises. We look at God talking to us only. But that's not true. God's just talking. And if you're able to hear it and believe it. Then you become the recipient of it. He's not just talking to you. To give you something. He has given a blanket promise in his word to all who believe so he's backing the promise up to himself when he talks he talks to himself and he talks to bless outside of himself and so but he's already made up his mind he's going to do it for anybody who believes it so it's not like he just made that promise to you and if, if you don't accept it and you don't do this and you don't do that you won't get nothing he's gonna give it to somebody you understand me that's that's just how sure he is about his word see he spoke one time to the sun to get up you uh, you get up at six o'clock over here seven o'clock over there six fifteen there sixteen he wrote it all down for the the sun and the moon to do their thing but he don't keep repeating it. They do it based on one time he told them what to do. Amen? Why? Because he upholds the world with his power, with the word of his power. So he's promised himself that sun ain't gonna quit getting up. He promised himself the moon is not gonna drop out of the sky. He promised himself the ocean is only gonna go to go so far. Amen? And then it's got to back up. So he did a one-time uh command to all of the elements, to all of the earth, and he made command for the man and the woman that he created. Amen? Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. He never took that back. It's subdue it. Amen? Now, when we go forth and do stuff, we screw it up. Because we do it out of selfishness. We do it out of ignorance. But he never let, made us stop doing anything he commanded us to do because we messed up. God hates the shedding of innocent blood. Why don't he turn off some of them wounds and some of these sperm and, and egg donors so that they won't kill abort, abort babies? Because he never takes anything back. And see, we think we're so smart. Well, God, why do you let this happen? Why this? Why that? Well, you know, that's not for us to know. For us is for us to understand how to get close to God. So when we get involved in it, we don't mess it up. See, humanity is always going to mess stuff up. But God never said, don't be fruitful and don't multiply because you in sin. He never said that. Amen. So there are certain things that, see, this is the integrity of God's word. Even though he sees man go out and abuse it and mess it up, he doesn't call his word back because of the blood. He swore by himself that this is going to happen. Amen. That, that that, you know, I'm going to release man into this blessing and it's going to stick forever no matter what man does. Why? Because I promised myself I'm going to do this thing so we can get as raunchy as bad as crazy as as all get out but god's word still stands amen it still stands amen and so in in and so when we think about the power of the blood the blood is what makes the oath in god's word it makes that word stick regardless it makes that word in other words you can always cash that check of scripture because it never expires why because of the blood there's an oath that god is sworn to uphold that word no matter who uses it no matter who believes it amen now there's things where god will put limitation on it because why because faith works by love see that's your that's your your fail safe in all of this That faith works by love. So if we're going to pick up God's word and start to believe his promises, the condition is we got to walk in love. In fact, he says, if you got anything against anybody, I don't care if it's small, where you've considered large, small or whatever, don't come here and ask me for nothing. Amen. I'm not going to hear you. You go make it right first. And see, he doesn't exclude us forever based on our bad behavior. He gives you a chance to make it right. He said, and you stand in front of me, you better not be mad at nobody. You forgive them if you have aught against anybody. So I can forgive you what you do because you want this prayer to be answered. It ain't going to be answered any other way. Amen. He don't know. He don't, other than that, he would give stuff to sinners. That's why he reserves their stuff for us. Because we're set apart, sanctified for his use. We're not letting the devil just use us. We're a set-apart people. So we get certain privileges, but we got to do our end of things. Can't have no raggedy covenant up in here. It's got to be a holy covenant. Amen? And so he made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater. He swore by himself. He went to the top. So he's staking his life against everything. That he's promised us. I don't care if you consider it the biggie, the smallie, the whatever. It's all backed up by his life. Which has been given already. See, in a man's covenant, what men would do, they would have a bloodish handshake and mingle the blood of two families in their palm. Now, most of you know you just can't get a transfusion from anybody. Amen? It will cause an adverse reaction in your body when when once once blood is 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 donated it goes through a process whereby it's made compatible for somebody based on certain characteristics of that blood we know the blood types but then there are are other uh what they call I will say particles in the blood. I won't use the the names for them but but uh they have to be factored in to make sure you get the most compatible blood and you don't have reaction adverse reaction because what you're doing is you're trying to mix two life forces together, and nobody can do that successfully but God he can't mix you know once your your blood is spilled out. So what they would do would mingle the blood in the palms of their hands, and they would shake on it, and that would cause peace to come about what things they had promised one another. Amen? So that's a man's covenant. It, with with God's covenant with man, his blood annihilates ours. See? We're never a match for him. We're always incompatible with him. So he means to wipe out all sin, impurity, iniquity from us and from our seed and our seed seed. So that's why your kids are clean. Amen. Now they may act up sometimes, but them clean kids. Ah, huh? you know that because they try to, they got enough sense when they get around sometimes little halfway worldly Christians and people like that. They got enough sense not to get too involved with them people that's the blood barrier honey that's keeping them from (laughs) they know they clean they only go so far they might wish they could but they know better amen amen so they'll always come back i don't care how much they dabble in the world and all that kind of stuff they always come back to god amen and so so uh, his covenant then his blood annihilates our old blood and and absorbs it and then replenishes it with his blood so his blood is what is keeping us alive now once you're born again you're born by the spirit amen and so it is the blood of jesus that has been transfused in us amen amen and it wipes out all of our old it 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 wipes out your past it wipes out your desire to do what you used to do in the past. Amen. You don't care how bored you are sitting around at home. You just as content as you can be. You ain't looking for no excitement, no fun, no nothing. You're just looking for the next new thing with God. And God, if you don't have nothing new, I'll feast on the old. I'll take some of that old stuff out I used to listen to. Amen. <laughs> and bring that out again. And so his, his, his blood, is more than a transfusion. It's actually a renewal and a newness in us. It's new blood. It's a new thing in us. Amen. So he says, Behold, I make all things new. Amen. So in a man's covenant, you know, two bloods don't mix. You know, Jehovah's Witnesses had a little thing. They were on to (laughs) something. You understand what I'm saying? Because blood... uh, transfusing blood is still risky they don't just do it at the drop of a hat amen you have to have a really severe condition where only uh, transfused blood is going to help you in order for that to to happen for you amen and so two bloods do not mix uh, transfusions were developed because people know there's life in the blood but they didn't know how that life operated so they Over the years, they killed a lot of people with blood transfusions because they couldn't understand why we're putting life into this person and it's not taking, amen, but that didn't stop them. They continued to examine what was really happening on a a cellular and a microscopic level, and they found out that blood carried certain proteins with it. They were able to label them, and they found out if they found somebody with similar proteins, they, they could get a transfusion without much problem amen and so they perfected that to the point where it's it's pretty safe now uh, to get uh blood transfusions but but the old the old way of a man's covenant what they were doing were making two families one that was the purpose of the bloody handshake it was to make two families one and see the same thing with with us in our our covenant with god out of two 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 people or two nations, he can make one people. See God can make everybody get along. Amen. All they got to do is get born again and get under obedience to him and that's where you love one another that's where you are are able to to um, put down strife and put down animosity it It comes because of he paid for you to be able to do that. So you get new blood in you you're a new creation you're a new creature you're capable of things you couldn't do before because you were weak to the flesh you didn't like certain people you didn't know why and you were happy being that way amen but now it bugs you if you get around people and you kind of have this get you know thing in you 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 don't like or you want to stay away from you say god i know this isn't right you got to help me to do better Amen. And, and so that's because you're, you're a new creature. You got his blood in you now and your old blood is gone. There's no trace of you anymore. Amen. No trace of that life force. So whatever is driving you in your new creation life, it's not, uh, you know, your old man, so to speak, taking over because he's dead. If you reckon him dead, he's dead. Amen. That's why the Bible tells us, reckon ourselves dead to sin and alive unto righteousness. Amen. And so you can tell your body, you're dead to me. Amen. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, as far as pushing me to do stuff and telling me I can't quit doing something, you're dead to me. Amen. So we're to reckon ourselves dead to sin and alive unto righteousness. And, and, and I'm not saying you'll just overnight, have it down pat perfect but you'll notice that that your desires to disobey god get weaker and weaker the more you come alive to righteousness that's just a fact and it's the same thing with sickness with poverty with everything else that was was taken at the cross that the blood has annihilated we should get more money the longer we serve god amen there's no fixed income in the kingdom amen all you got to do is just make god open another door for me to be able to prosper you know and i'll go through it you know you got to do you got to set your hands to something amen you can't just sit and wait for stuff to happen but god will show you a way just start believing him for more that's our end of it to put our faith in operation and you look at that, Will God only get this check and that. I'm retired now. Only get this and that. that. Don't mean nothing to him. He don't work for Caesar and you don't either. Amen. You're a kingdom citizen. So you have whatever your faith will allow you to believe for. That's what you do. Amen. Amen. Praise God. The devil always wants to put us on minimal. Fix this. Minimal that. Nothing here. Nothing there. You know, you just start telling God, God, thank you for more. I thank you. I I could use, you know, X number more dollars every month, Lord. I'm thanking you for bringing it in. I have it in Jesus' name. And just let him start to use your faith. Use your faith for whatever you need and whatever you want. That's your faith to use. Let nobody tell you what to do. I don't think God would do that. Well, you don't do the thinking for me. I'm thankful for that. You think for you. You think over there in your box and I'm going to think in mine. No, God is too good. Very, very good. Amen. And he got more stuff than you could ever use. He got more. He got more houses, more lands, property, cars, whatever. He got more than you could ever use up. So. It's a good thing. Amen. So Jesus' blood overtakes ours so that none of us is left. Now your blood is actually also your inheritance. Blood represents inheritance. You know, if, if your name is Dillard and your parents are, are Nola and, and Howard, then you got something coming from mom and dad amen and so because whatever is laid up in their lifetime that's that's the blood connection see it only comes because of of the blood amen and and really the law recognizes the blood over anything else because if you've got living relatives say for instance somebody uh, you meet somebody and, you know, you figure like, well, you know, they've been nice to me. And you get up in some age, pass away, and you want to leave them something in your will. Well, you better make sure you mention them blood relatives, too. Because when you die, they come out to woodwork. And if they make a claim, it's a stronger claim than somebody that you just met. You understand? Because the law looks at that very fishy. And if somebody can make a case that, That that ain't legitimate. She didn't really mean to leave them. She liked them and all that. But she told me. she. I don't know how she forgot. They must have made her write that down. You understand what I'm saying? Blood always has a claim. Amen. The blood always has a claim. Because blood is your inheritance. Amen. It really, really is. So he said. Surely. That means blood. Whenever you see surely, verily, that means blood. Pharisees hated Jesus because they weren't allowed to swear by anything. But he said it all the time. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you. And they would go, what? Let's kill him. Amen. 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 And so he says, surely I will bless you. Multiplying, I'll multiply you and so after he had patiently endured now see this promise he he spoke it to abraham but that promise is good for everybody everybody who will believe it so god just informed abraham of what he would do for anybody who would believe that's why we can receive of abraham's promise it wasn't just to him and it stopped there where you had to question, well, see, I don't know he said that to Abraham, but is that for me? Yes! A thousand times yes. Why? Because he swore by himself, to himself, that whenever somebody believes that word, I'm going to give it to him. <laughs> I'm going to give it to him. Your faith is your evidence. Your faith is your permission. What did Jesus tell the the guy with the little boy that that kept having the seizures? That guy said, well, if I don't know what you can do. You know, he put Jesus in the boat with the disciples who couldn't do nothing. He said, well, if you can, Jesus said, I'm good. You don't question my abilities. I'm good. The question is, can you believe? Amen. And so it's it's for anybody who believes. The woman with the issue of blood proved that. She snuck up behind him and her faith took it. So if you ever question, well, God, is that for me? Because I don't remember you just saying that. No. Can you believe it? Get yourself in a corner somewhere with your Bible and start working on you believing it. God will see the blood will convince you that it's for you. It'll convince you whatever it is, it's your convincer is the blood. Well, because it's an oath, it's a sworn thing. It's, it's God says, I'm going to do it regardless. That's what an oath is. Amen. And so he says, so after he had patiently endured, we're talking about Abraham. People like to skip over that part, but you better put a star beside that. Because a lot of our frustration is because we're not exercising patience, which is in us, so that we can receive. Patience is is what waits. Faith doesn't wait. Faith is now. Amen. But patience coupled with faith will bring that thing into your life in the right time. Amen. So you patiently endured. What is he enduring? Oh, messing up. Straightening up. Messing up again. Straightening up again. Same thing we endure. Even we try to act like we all good and everything, we go we we gonna behave God perfectly so we can get this. Uh that's not how you get it. You get it by believing in spite of what you do. Amen. So let's endure. What are we enduring ourselves? Amen. And then messing up, running away, and then coming back to God. Mess up, run away, come to God. Mess up, run away, come back to God. Amen. So so uh, the blood is your inheritance we said that. So after he had patiently endured he obtained the promise for men truly swear by the greater. So men in covenant swear by the greater and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. So once somebody's once you made that bloody handshake with somebody you don't dicker and argue about the terms anymore. What you've agreed upon, you've agreed upon. And you don't come back and want to try and change it. Well, I know I, I, I agreed that if you, if you ever got real broke, you can come live with us. But right about now, I don't think that's a good, you get, you give your let, you lose your life if you do that in a man's covenant. You can't dicker. There's no, strife means negotiation. It means conversing. It means changing your mind. It means working things out. Amen. When you have strife within yourself, it's because you got an argument going on inside there. Amen. So an oath of confirmation is the end of all arguments. It just settles everything. Amen. So you don't come back later and say, I can't do this because. Amen. They'll just take you right out and shoot you. So if you think you can't do it, you better keep that to yourself and start working on it. Amen. Don't tell nobody. Amen. Because you're breaking covenant. You become a covenant breaker. Amen. You don't want to do that. Divorce is a covenant breaking spirit. Amen. You 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 don't think anything about telling God you can't do something and he can't help you do it. Well, that didn't go over real big, but I don't care. He made me live by it. And then I found out it was for my good. I was too ignorant to know what was going on. You know, the God is so merciful, He forgives your ignorance. Huh? Married people in the back of their minds, they're thinking all the time, Well, if it get to this point, it get to that point, I'm I'm booking. I'm I'm out of here. I it, an oath of confirmation will make you shut up. You start applying the blood to your brain. Lord, I plead the blood over my brain to make me quit wanting to bail on something. I gave my word I was going to stick with it. You got me? Well, they're abusers. Oh, I heard it all before. Listen. Everybody abusing somebody. You abusing somebody yourself. You standing up there in front of God lying. You got me? Let's just cut it out. Let's grow up here, okay? Amen. So it says, we're in God, willing more abundantly. See, this is where the shedding of his blood comes in. His willingness to more abundantly show you how sincere he is and how secure you are believing in him. See, God wants us to know. That when we trust him and put our faith and confidence in him, it's a sure thing. It's not going to fall apart on us. So he had to do something to make sure we knew that. Amen. And that's why he staked his life on it. Amen. He staked his blood on it. And in reality, he shed his blood for it already. So you can't say, well, uh, you know, God, if you don't keep this promise, you cease to exist. He already showed you. He already ceased existing and raised himself up. So he's demonstrated the thing is real. Other than that, we'd have to be taking his word even for that. He said, no, I'm not going to play that game with y'all. So I'm going to show you I'm serious. I'm going to take the life of my son. In exchange for yours. And I'm going to raise him up. And raise you up with him. Just show you how good I am. So that entitles you to everything you need. No doubt about it. See the oath of confirmation. Kills all the doubt. That shed blood kills every doubt. That would ever come up in our minds. That's how Abraham could believe. for, For his body to be rejuvenated. And check this out. You know, for those of us who think, well, God did this one time and, you know, here I am again begging for something again. I ain't sure he'll do it. Listen, Abraham, not only him and Sarah had, had Isaac, but he had got another wife after she died and they had more kids. So, come on, y'all. Don't tell me it won't work over and over and over again. Once he, God cured him of impotence, it was on then. You understand? As long as he lived, he could produce babies if it was God's will for him. You know, God opens up the womb. You understand what I'm saying? Abraham even knew how to, to get more out of God in that way of living. Whatever God does, it's forever, folks. Don't, don't ever think he's tired of you. He don't get tired. If he if he got tired, he wouldn't be God. He'd have to resign from the job, cause there's some folk down here wear him out if they could. <laughs> it's the true. God can live with anybody. If he live in me, he'll live with anybody. It says he's willing more abundantly. He will do whatever he needs to do to show you that his word is true. He's he's the one who convinces you. You don't convince yourself. All of your you know, little gyrations, mirations putting up notes around the house and all that kind of stuff, you know, and we do that and it's good to do that. But then in nine months out down the road, them them notes then fell off the wall and you on to something else. Some more unbelief and shenanigans. Amen. You trying to get God to come another way other than through his word. Amen. And so, so we need to understand that he is the convincer. He will show us more abundantly willing to show to us. He demonstrates us the immutability of his counsel. In other words, you can keep bugging God about God Can I still, you still going to do this, God? I know it's been a long time, and I ain't thanked you in a long time. You still going to do it? Yes. You sure you ain't changed your mind? No. You going to do this for you? Yes, for the umpteenth time. Amen. And we wear him out like that or try to, but see, he's already showed us that he don't change by the shedding of the blood. The blood is a convincer. When you see a life poured out, how much more serious can a person get about you? Amen? So that's how that. And see, whether you respect that or not is still true. You know, whether it, you're moved by it or not, it's true anyway. See, anybody who who could think about that for a minute and meditate on it, say, God, and then after a while you say, God, you really are going to do this. You get convinced, amen, in spite of your protesting and in spite of your fear and in spite of your, oh, I get so tired of same old thing, God. Here I am again. Yes, you're still here. The blood brought you back. You keep going to him because of the blood, amen, because you know it's impossible for God to lie because of the blood. That's what gives you that full assurance of faith, amen. So it's two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. It's his oath and his promise. And he says we might have strong consolation, fully persuaded, totally convinced, unshakable faith. Amen. That's after you get all the cobwebs out your brain and quit letting the devil take you over the line again. God, I was just wondering. I know I'm going to stop wondering. I said I was going to stop wondering. God, here I am wondering again. But are you still going to do this? Huh? Devil dragged you over the line again. Over an unbelieved land. Instead of in your strong faith. That same faith you felt when you prayed and and at the end of the prayer, you were convinced that God was going to do it. He wants us to live there. Amen. Don't go wandering off somewhere wondering if if that's going to happen or not. Slap yourself. Holy Ghost, slap yourself and say it is going to happen because he said so. (laughs) It's not really dependent on me. Nothing's dependent on me. Amen. I just have to hold my position and don't change. Don't waver, amen, and let God do this thing. And so he gives us, the blood gives us strong consolation, the oath and the promise. We already are told we can have it, and the oath makes it unconditional, amen. Takes all limits off, all conditions off, just your faith, just continue to believe, amen. And so it says that we might have strong consolation, Because we're, we are, are laying hold on the hope set before us. So you lay hold on what it is that you're hoping will come to pass. So you don't let go of that. Amen. Don't let go of that, that that you're believing God for. Don't let go of that promise. And, and that blood keeps reassuring you, keeps giving you strong cause, cause you'll sit there and want to doubt and, and your brain will go crazy for a season and all of that. And then what happens after, after you get tired of being a crazy person, I don't care if it's, it's hours, minutes, months, days, weeks, years, you come right back to, you ever wonder about people that, that you, you saw Start out in God. And I know over the years. Some of us have seen many people. They get saved. You see them get saved. They come to church. Then they evaporate. You don't see them for a while. And then. Many years later. After they've. Got middle aged or elderly. They return. Come back to the house of God. You know. We see many of those people at the end of their years. They haven't been sitting there all them years. Some of them been dropped out for 10, 15, 20 years. They don't come to church. They don't go anywhere. Don't read a Bible. Don't do anything. Why you think they come back? They didn't just snap out of it all of a sudden. That blood has been calling them ever since they left. That blood speaks better things. That blood has convinced them. See, you go away and it gets easy for you to stay away. Then you think you like it being away from God. The blood has been calling you ever since first day you left. Because it speaks better things. And then one day that voice gets so strong you can't resist it anymore. And you got to return to the house of God. And God will make it easy for you. He'll put somebody new in your life and they'll invite you to church. And you say, you know what, I think I'll go. Yeah, I've heard people tell me, well, I I haven't been to church in so long. I said, God's drawing you back. I say, he's waiting for you to come back. I say, any time you make up your mind to go back, he'll receive you. He'll help you. You understand what I'm saying? So it's it's that's the power of the blood. He don't lose anybody. Are you kidding me? The devil's no match for the blood of Jesus. That little flimsy stuff he talks. All he does is keep your flesh stirred up. If he can keep you upset and keep you nervous and keep you fearful, then he'll get your attention. But as far as keeping your attention, oh, no, that's not going to happen. No, you you made a confession of Christ, and God heard it. Too late, devil. God heard it already. Amen? And so God will will come for his word. He's not going to lose anybody. They lay hold on the hope set before us. Amen. So once you've laid hold on eternal life, once you believe you're going to heaven, you're still going. God wants us to get the benefit out of of it down here on earth. But we know a lot of people don't get that. Amen. So that hope becomes an anchor for your soul. Amen. As long as you're believing God for something, you going to be here. And you'll have peace of mind and you'll have expectation. You'll have all of that. Why? Because you've laid hold of something ahead of you. You're hoping for something that God's gonna do in your life. Amen. You're hoping for something better. I don't care if it's a healing. I don't care if it's a a, a pizza on Saturday, you know, with delivery, you know, uh whatever. You as long as you're you're anchored in hope. It's gonna come to pass. God's gonna bring it to pass for you. Amen? And you know, and at the end of your life with God, He starts preparing you for the next step. So that's hope too. It's just a different kind of hope. That's all. And so we have to stay into the things of God. It's, it's, it's good to stay fixed in God and, and stay active in the things of God. Always have your faith activated into something that that God is going to bring into your life. So so God has is promised us he secured our lives with two immutable things, the oath and the promise. Amen. The blood, it part the 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 blood is the oath part of God's word. Amen. And the promise is the body. Amen. And, and so whatever it is that, that God has promised us is something tangible. Amen. So it's the body of the, the, the promise that God gives us. The blood then becomes the security for it. Amen. And so his body being broken for us brought us health, healing, and wholeness. It brings, uh, the things that we need for life amen the natural part of our lives so that part of us is secure through his word through his promise god god promises uh life and that more abundantly he promises to meet our every need etc cetera, etc cetera. so the body of jesus was broken for that aspect of living for us amen so so his body is broken so that we can be healed His body is broken so that we can be prosperous. His body is broken so that we can receive everything that we need that pertains to our livelihood, our lives, and whatever else. Amen? And then the blood. And so when we have the communion cup, we partake of both elements. Amen? Both the body and the blood of Jesus. Amen. Just partaking of the body doesn't do you anything. You can't exchange anything without it being paid for. Amen. By his blood. And so his blood is his life poured out. His body is broken and bruised. So that ours doesn't get broken and bruised anymore. Amen. And so he, he pours out his life. And infuses us with his life. Amen. And then he's raised up. So that he's in life with us. Every step of the way, Jesus is with us in life. You're not by yourself trying to do anything. He's with you every step of the way. Amen? So we have a sworn promise in his blood. Amen? He won't renege on it. He can't. He's locked in. And he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to change his mind no matter what we do. Amen? He's not into that. So he it it says... Our faith then is able to rest in the power of God. So you want a resting faith. You don't want a nervous faith. You don't want a faith that comes and goes. You want your faith to rest in the power of God. His broken body and his blood is, is elements of his power. And so you want your, your faith to rest in that. Amen. So your, when your faith is able to rest, you found the answer, you know, to, to what you need. Sometimes your faith is a little restless because you're yet searching for something, but you, you, you want your faith to rest. Just come to an anchor in a, 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 a solid place in Him where it's not nervous, it's not moving, it's not questioning, but it's found the answer and you're able to just rest there. Amen. No, there's nothing else for you to do. Just believe me and trust me, and I'll pull you through this, and you'll have everything that I promised you. You won't be lacking in anything. Amen? God, you mean I don't have to? No, I told you. Now you got to rest there. Amen? Philippians tells us to, to, if we're anxious about anything, to make our requests known to him. And once you do that, because of the oath and the promise, his peace will come upon you. See, the peace is like the bloody handshake. Amen. So you get peace. It's, it's the oath of confirmation that ends all strife is his peace. Amen. Peace means he's satisfied. You don't have to do anything anymore because God is satisfied that everything's paid for. You don't have to pay for anything. Amen. Miss Vicky, can you take that little punch when I if you can work with that a little bit, that would be good. But if if not, it is a little disturbing when you hear it in a, a recording or something. So yeah, we'll we'll try to tone that down a little bit. So when he when he gives us that, when he says, "Make your request known to me," just leave it here and don't take it with you out of the throne room. Amen. When you ask for something, consider it done. And you receive it, you believe it, receive it when when you pray, and then you're out of there. Amen? And you got what you came for when you come. You don't leave wondering. You don't leave questioning. You don't leave with anything a toss-up. You know you got it. So then what you do after you leave the presence of God, you maintain that. You keep reminding yourself, I have that already. I received that when I prayed. I've got my healing. I've got my whatever it is. I've got it, Lord, and I thank you for it. Amen. And that's your position because it really has been given to you by faith. You don't have to see nothing. If you want to see something, go look in the mirror and say, cut that out. Amen. Stop it. Get undone it again. Amen. That's where you go. And allow yourself to let that bloody handshake settle everything. Amen. It's a, it's a done deal. God, you did it. And I thank you for it. Cause he has done it. See, every price that needed to be paid, he's paid it already. He don't have no, there, nothing is being owed. God doesn't owe anybody anything. Amen. He, all his bills are current amen and so he 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 he's and he's not waiting on anything waiting for us to believe and take him at his word because it's backed up with his life it's backed up with his blood amen so we have a bloody handshake from god where our blood is mingled with the blood of jesus and his holiness has devoured all of our impurities so don't come up to God and ask him what you did wrong is why you wait. Don't insult him like that. Because if you're relying on God, he's taking care of your holiness too. Amen. What he did for us cannot be undone. Amen. It just can't be undone. He he keeps his word, period. That's why in in James 5:14, It even includes in there, amen, the prayer of faith will save the sick. God will raise you up, and if you've committed any sins, they're forgiven. In the prayer of faith, so sin can't keep you out of your healing. Unbelief cannot keep you out of your healing because he has a cure for unbelief. It's called faith, so just get back over in faith. I don't care what it is that you think is so wrong that you can't get something from God. He's taking care of all of it. You have to have confidence in that. Amen. Work more on getting confidence in God's word than trying to figure out something new that you have yet to need to do. See? The woman with the issue of blood was sure. All she had to do was touch him. She said, I'll get it then. Because I see how this thing works. Amen. Her only problem was getting by the priesthood. She found a different kind of priest, amen, who healed everybody. So she said, I don't need to ask him anything. She said, it looks like the power is just oozing out of him everywhere he goes. It's just like, I walked past him, you know, undetected one day and I felt something. You understand what I'm saying? Whatever God needs to put before you to convince you that you have it already. He'll do that. Amen. That's his job to do that. He is the author and finisher of our faith. Amen. So, so you're, you're, um, God, Jesus annihilates the impurity in our lives, in our blood or in our, uh, inheritance. So his holiness devours everything in our lives that would stand between us and him. So he's made us a holy people. See if if we if we become holy like He is holy because of the blood we have new life inside of us. Amen. Now it wasn't a liquid blood. You know, God's blood has many forms. His blood is word. Blood speaks better things. His blood is life. It's spirit and it's life. So His blood is Numa. Amen. It's spirit and it's life. Amen. So even though Jesus had. Regular human blood in him. When he walked the earth. Now that he's raised up. He doesn't have liquid blood in him anymore. We won't either. When we're glorified. He said I'm flesh and bone. Amen. When he was raised from the dead. Amen. So that life that he had was poured out, spilled out. It doesn't exist anymore. Now that he's raised up, amen, his glorified body is not subject to corruption anymore. Amen. Neither was his earthly body, but but that was because he was different than we are. Amen. He didn't have a, a, a sinful inheritance in him. Amen. So <clears throat> Jesus' blood changes our inheritance. We have a new family. We have a new father. Amen. God is our father. We can go to him the way a father, a child would go to their natural father. He's our source. He's our supply. He loves us. He's made provision for us. There's nothing we need that takes him by surprise. Even if he gave us the same thing the last time we begged for it and we promised we wouldn't mess it up and we messed it up. Amen. He never runs out of anything. Amen. What did he do with the prodigal? You know, that wasn't just a party. You understand what I'm saying? In fact, it was far from a party. That was a covenant blessing that he was conferring on his son. He put him back, he put him back in the covenant. Amen. Full inheritance again. So if that kid could blow it, then come back and get more. See, that's what the the older son was really upset about. When he put that ring back on his finger, he went through the roof. He went ballistic. He said, you mean to tell... And see, the older son, the they always... They say the firstborn got a double portion, but it was more than that. It was he was going to be the master of the estate, period. Everything came to the oldest son, and he distributed it as he saw fit and in in the the parent usually tried to make him understand what fairness is. you know you don't kick your brother out whatever he's got now he's whatever land he's working out here and making a thing for his family. he stays here amen that that continues even after I'm gone, but they had to leave somebody in charge to manage everything, so that was always the oldest kid in the family. And now he's mad because he's going to have to be nice to his little brother that's messed everything up. Amen? So he going to have to get a little straight, too, before he can, you know. You can't be a good steward over things if you go hold things against people. You see? So sometimes people cutting up in your midst will reveal something in you. You understand that you don't like to see. And that's always true. Amen? Amen. I mean, even though you want everything right in people's lives, you can't let their wrong bug you too much. Amen. God says that. You forgive them. You love them. That's your job to do. You're not capable of doing anything more. You know, Jesus wrote, you know, and everybody got lost. (laughs) He just stood up and said, well, whichever one of y'all is without sin, hit her first. You understand what I'm saying? Everybody's scattered. Amen. See, we all recognize we're not capable of judging. The only thing we can do is love. Amen? All right, we stop. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for understanding that comes with your holy word. Lord, we thank you that your word is spirit, it's truth, it's life, it's light. It's everything to us, Lord. And we honor you for that. We bless you. We praise you. And we magnify you. We exalt you, Lord, because you're worthy, worthy, worthy to be praised. You got a little music there, Miss Vicki? Praise God. (laughs) Amen.